Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Zone Defense Podcast. And be sure to ring that bell to get post notifications. Also, smash that like button, drop a comment down below, and let us know your thoughts on today's topic. Today, Chris and I are diving into part four of our NBA preview, breaking down the Northwest Division. How's it going, Chris? It's going well, man. Uh, you know, uh, we already got through the entire East. Uh, now it's time to get into the uh, the Superior Conference with a lot of – we're going to be covering a lot of good teams. I'm actually really excited to talk about all five of these teams. I think all five have some interesting pieces going into next year. I mean, the Thunder, uh, I see behind you got a couple Thunder jerseys. Not expecting them this year but you know that wasn't last year so you never know that's it's, it's still going to be interesting to talk about them and their uh their potential successful rebuild coming up yeah i was a i was a big uh, big thunder guy growing up as a kid so that's why i have a ton of thunder gear and i dug it up for the purpose of this episode but um they're definitely the least interesting team i think to talk about out of this division uh, with the other four teams um they're definitely not the top of the west um, they have the potential yeah. to be, and a lot of a lot of interest here. A lot of teams that could uh, could surprise some people, make some noise, and many of them have done so in recent seasons as well. So, yeah. um, let's dive into the first team here, and it is the team. I would say if the Miami Heat were the Cinderella story of the bubble, the Denver Nuggets were the second team that could fall into that category, the Cinderella team of the bubble. Um, they had a reasonably pr- good um regular season they finished um number three in the western conference 46 and 27 record but then they overcame back-to-back 3-1 deficits um they overcame the jazz in the first round and then they overcame the clippers and one of the biggest upsets i think i can remember in recent memory at least in terms of nba i mean the clippers already booked their ticket to the finals it seemed like and then the nuggets came in overcame a 3-1 deficit overcame monster deficits in each of those games um and were able to get to the western conference finals they were really no match for the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, but nonetheless, it was um, a very impressive season for them, and they're looking to hopefully build off of that into next season and emerge as a true title contender. But um, in terms of additions, they added Jamichael Green. They drafted R.J. Hampton and Marcus Howard, as well as added um, Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, in subtractions, they lost Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, uh, three key role players for them last year, as well as Keita Bates-Diop and Noah Vonley. So in terms of three keys to watch, um, Chris, which one do you want to start us off with? Yeah, I'll just start with number one on this one. Is Denver a contender or a pretender? I think they're a legitimate contender this year going into the season. I mean, it kind of uh, goes with three a little bit, which is a, a concern going into this year. It's another team that lost some depth going into the season, but I think they did an adequate job replacing it. I mean, this is one of the deepest rosters in the league. They're finally starting to get a little bit of star power. I mean, they had Jokic all the time, but they're starting to get guys like Jamal Murray and even linking into two as well, Michael Porter Jr. as well, which he could blossom into a star. We'll see about that. But Murray really looked good in the bubble. We're going to find out if that was really a an illusion or he's he's the real deal now. I think Murray's a good player. I, I believe he was on both of our overrated lists back in the summer. Yeah. For the bubble, but then kind of proved us both wrong. I mean, clearly stepped up in the bubble, was at their best player by far. Um, we're going to find out if this is really a 1A, 1B, or still just Jokic and then a, a bunch of depth. And I mean, Murray, obviously a solid player, but we'll find out if he's really a superstar. But I think, I mean, losing Jeremy Grant going to the Pistons, Mason Plumlee, I mean, apparently we're just, this is like a situation with the Lions are taking the Patriots. We're taking all the Nuggets players. Uh, I mean, it's tough losses for sure, but they were – I mean, I really like the R.J. Hampton pick. I think he's a similar pick to Michael Porter Jr., a guy that I think has a lot of upside. Yeah. 
some risk there, but definitely a lot of upside. They also have guys like Gary Harris coming back. He was banged up a lot last year. I think he's going to be back and healthy. I know he played some in the bubble, but I think he's going to get a little healthier here. Going to be better. Uh, P.J. Dozier showed some flashes in the bubble as well. I, I, I like him as well. Monty Morris, of course, a backup point guard, a good player. And then Will Barton, another player coming back as well. So uh, they still have plenty of depth on this roster. It's just going to be, I mean, a guy like Marcus Howard could step up. Michael Green has been has played some minutes for various NBA teams as well. I think they have enough depth as well, and I think they are contenders still. Yeah, and the funny thing with Jermichael Green is, is I believe because he was in the Clippers last year, and he came. They obviously lost to the Nuggets, and then he came out after he signed signed with the Nuggets in the in free agency, saying that uh, he was when he was playing against them in the playoffs, he he realized, man, they're having a lot of fun out there. I kind of like this team, and then he just decided, hey, I'm going to sign with them. So that's kind of cool, um, and it gives some props to the Nuggets uh, culture and their. Because I think he he mentioned that they just work really hard, they play with some grit, they have some a lot of skill players, a lot of, a lot of depth, and Green wanted to be a part that so that's kudos there to the nuggets and the uh the culture they've established there but um i think you hit the nail right on the head there with by saying it it really revolves around jamal murray and michael porter jr i mean nikola Jokic, he's emerged the last few seasons as a clear number one option one of the best centers if not the best center in the entire nba Um, he tends to get off to a slow start so it'll be interesting to see um how how quickly he can get going here in this shortened season Um, however he's still a bona fide star and it really comes down to as you said, Murray and Porter Jr. Uh, Jamal Murray, he was on my overrated list as well, headed into the bubble. Um, if he can be that guy that was averaging, what, 30, 40 points a game in the bubble in the regular season, the Nuggets, I mean, he could be hes could be an all-star, uh, no doubt about it, and he could be uh, one of the best point guards in the league, and the Nuggets would emerge as, I think, a true competitor to the Lakers. Um, and if Michael Porter Jr. evolves as well, he, he's really good offensively, and I like Defensive. the attitude. He's got, he's got super – he's got huge – Huge amount of confidence, but yeah, you mentioned it right there. Defensively, he's a complete zero. Uh, he's a pretty good rebounder, though, surprisingly, um, just defensively. And I did feel like he improved at least a little bit as the bubble progressed, um, but that's his big thing. If he can if he can stay healthy, because injuries are still a concern with him, and he can play better on defense, um, I think he can play really well. Um, and they do have – they lost some depth. I think Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and Torrey Craig, um, they meant a lot to the Nuggets team, and I think those are big losses for them. Um, however, they added Jermichael Green, and then you mentioned it there. Gary Harris is back. They still got Paul Millsap. They got Monte Morris. Bull Bull, maybe he gets some run. Will Barton's back from injury. Seems like Bull Barton's a little unhappy for coming off the bench, um, but hopefully they can get that figured out. And he can be a, he's still he's he, because he's a solid player um, and offers them some depth. So, I mean, that's a lot of those things need to happen though for them to for me to view them as a true contender. Um, because if Murray falls back to the guy we saw last year during the regular season, if Porter Jr. is injured, can't play defensively, and it's really just Jokic and a bunch of guys, as you said earlier, um, I don't really see this team as a true contender. But they definitely have the upside, and it's definitely there. And I think they are the bet outside of outside of the Lakers, and we'll talk about the Clippers here in, in a later episode. Um, I think the Lakers are in a league of their own, and I think of the rest of those teams, I think the Nuggets are the best of those teams, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely uh, – I, I would like – you know, I kind of want to get into the the rest of the previews as well before I really pronounce them as the third-best team. But I, as of right now, I would say I would probably have them around a three to five seed. I think they maybe have the upside for the two as well. Definitely not the one unless barring um, a ton of injuries to both the Clippers and the Lakers. But I, I think they're they're firmly in the three spot again. I know they did beat the Clippers last year. I don't – I think that was more of a mirage and part of the bubble than – 
really them being the better team. I think just the Clippers, like you said, booked their ticket to the final or the, the conference finals without actually getting there. And I mean, they really just didn't look that good in the bubble in general. We'll talk about them later, of course, but um, yeah, it, it really is. I mean, the Nuggets, they're, they're right there, right there on the brink of being an NBA finals, potential even NBA finals champion. They're right there, but they're just, they're one missing piece away. They might have it on the roster right now. I mean, guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, if one of them really steps into a star role this year, I think this team could legitimately win the entire NBA finals if one of them really steps up this year. Yeah, and, and each of them will always have the talent, um, especially with a guy like Jamal Murray, who's been in the league for a few years now. Um, they've always had the talent. It's just the consistency. And I believe you and I said just as much when we said Jamal Murray was overrated um, back on our episode pre-bubble. So um, if he can bring the consistency in the regular season, be an all-star, um, I think this team, the sky's the limit. And honestly, I think as, construct, as constructed right now, um, I like this team a little more than the Clippers. We'll talk about the Clippers more later, um, but they have, a, they have a lot of chemistry issues, and I don't really know if they did enough to fix those issues, and I'm still a little bit concerned about them. Um, when push comes to shove, I'd probably say the Clippers are the number two team, Nuggets are number three, um, but I can definitely see a world where the Nuggets are the number two seed ahead of the Clippers. But I think the Lakers are definitely in a league of their own for sure but um we already kind of talked about number three how a loss of depth affect the nuggets we already kind of briefly talked about that um so before we move on to the next team i just want to ask you the question do you think porter jr will blossom into a star this season i think it's going to take him one year i think he's going to show improvement i mean he obviously showed massive flashes last year i mean he can he can really fill it up from beyond the arc he's a great scorer really smooth on the offensive side of the ball but I really think it's going to take more of an effort on the defensive side from him. I mean, I can never classify him into a true star. He's not good enough offensively, like a James Harden, where he can just he can just not play defense. So I mean, he that's where he is right now. I really just I mean, they barely they basically couldn't play him in the playoffs, or at least in that last series against the uh, Lakers because he just wasn't playing defense. I, his minutes were really down. Just he was awful defensively. But I th I think he'll take some he'll make some strides both both offensively and defensively this year. I think it's going to take one more year until we really classify him into like a, a true star. But I think he's going to be a very important member of the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think going into next season, um, so I think 21-22, I think he could be a star um, in that season. By this year, I think he definitely could blossom into a, a solid number three option um, if he can improve his defense at least a little bit. Um, and he, he's still got some room to grow offensively as well, but he was, he's already a pretty good offensive player. It's really just on the defensive end. If he improves that, um, I think he can be a really, really nice player. Um, he's not West, as you mentioned at the top, the West has so many great teams, so many great players by far better than the East, Eastern conference for sure. Um, so Porter Jr. is probably not going to make an all-star team this year, but I could see him being in the conversation at least this year um if he can be that legitimate th number three star for the nuggets and help them have a really good record and maybe even make a finals run but who knows i, li I like this team i like this team yeah i definitely do too as well but uh i think we can move on to our next team now uh, nuggets very exciting team it's definitely some other teams holding into including the oklahoma city thunder i'll just jump into it right now i mean you look at it uh, this was a another team that i was very surprised that was like at least a, a pretty good team last year, man. I really just didn't expect them to be anything special. I mean, they were able to to get into the playoffs. Unfortunately, didn't last very long in there. Weren't able to make it out of the first round. But a team with, I mean, they lost a lot. They were able to make some veteran additions here and a ton of draft picks, which you used to say additions, draft picks, because they got a ton of them and continue to stockpile on them. This team is going to be legit at some point. And it's just, it's really just, 
it's going to be super interesting to see how it goes. Uh, but additions, I mean, you look at, like I said, some some veteran players here, Trevor Ariza, Al Horford, George Hill, TJ Leaf, Ty Jerome, and Alexi Pokajewski. I don't know how to say his name, but, you know, the rookie there as well. Uh, it's Pokajewski, Pokajewski, but you, you go. basically got it. There we go. Yeah, I'm really smart. See that? Um, subtractions. I mean, yeah, this is the clear, uh, maybe the most important subtractions of any team. I mean, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, Delano Gallinari, Narlins Noel, and Terrence Ferguson. I mean, four players straight up in their, basically in their starting rotation, if you consider uh, Schroeder as well as a starter. Uh, that's, I mean, that's four, probably four of their five best players right there, man. That is, uh, it's really just insane that they lost so much, but I mean, this is a team that's super committed to a rebuild. Uh, obviously, uh, with the coaching change and everything, it's just going to be really interesting to see what they can do this year. Probably not much, but we will see. I guess it's kind of jumps into the number one point, the race to the number one pick in 2021. I mean, it, it's pretty easy just looking at that. It's pretty easy to see how we both feel about this team. I mean, they're not going to be very good. I, I do think they are interesting because we'll get into our point number two right after that. But I do think they're going to be horrible this year. I mean, they got all these veteran players. I don't think they're going to be super good. Uh, all these players are kind of just wash players, uh, you know, taking on expiring contracts, building for the future. I really think that's what the whole Oklahoma City Thunder are about this year. How do, you, how do you feel about this team? Yeah, I mean, I think they're easily the worst team in the Western Conference. I mean, you can make a case one through 14, all those teams are vying for the playoffs. Now, is that if that's logical or not, that's up for debate. Um, but those teams made some moves in the offseason, have some players on their roster with um, with hopes of making a playoff run. Um, and the Thunder are literally the only Western Conference team that is not in that boat, right? They're, they are racing for the number one pick. Um, they do have some competition in the Eastern Conference. Um, as we mentioned in earlier episodes with the Cavs and the Knicks, um, I think those two teams are, are right there with the Thunder, if not a little bit worse than the Thunder. Um, however, the Thunder are by far the worst team in the West. And I think with how good the West is, um, even if on paper they're better than the Cavs and the Knicks, I think the Cavs and Knicks could get some wins against some of the, the lower Eastern Conference competition. Where the Thunder, they're going to be playing pretty good teams, lots of talent, night in and night out. Um, they're going to accumulate a bunch of losses. Um, and this is my pick, I guess, for the number one overall pick in 2021. Um, I, I expect to see uh, Cade, Cunningham go, Cade Cunningham go from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma City. Um, he, he'd be a really nice piece there alongside Shea Gillis-Alexander. That's a really nice backcourt. Um, but they also have so many picks that they could get a ton of guys um, next year as well. But, yeah, this, for me, hands down is easy as the Lakers are hands down the best team in the West and the Thunder are hands down the worst team in the West and everything else is just a jumbled up mess in my opinion. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, it on paper looks like this will be probably the worst team in the West as well. I, I, I tend to agree with that, but I mean, last year I didn't think they were going to be any good either. They were able to pull some magic out. Maybe they make some kind of move or something like that for a big time player. Maybe, maybe somebody, I, I'm not sure. And they ended up getting into playoff contention. Yeah, I expect this to be one of the worst teams in the in the league, not just the West. I think they're they're in that group. They're a little bit more interesting than like the Cavaliers and the uh, Knicks because they do have SGA and and Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's a combo guard, a great player, a guy that I really like, one of my favorite players in the league. I think he is right on the verge of being a star. Not quite there yet, but now that without the shadow of Chris Paul being there, kind of mentoring him. Him and Dennis Schroeder taking up a lot of minutes as well. I think Shea can, can try to turn into the alpha dog this year. I think he can really step into that role. 
and score about 25 a game because, you know, somebody's got to score the ball for this team this year. And I think he can be the guy to absolutely step up for them. And I think he's a, he's a great player all around. I think he, he needs to improve a little bit defensively, but offensively, super controlled, super smooth, tends to coast a little bit in games, but I think that that may yeah. have been a, a product of more Chris Paul being being there than him actually just being a guy that just isn't – I mean, you could look at it in the bubble, in the playoffs. He, he seemed kind of in that series like he was just kind of there. I yeah. think maybe – more into his own this year and and really steps up into a role of the star and and a guy they can definitely build around for the future that's what i was gonna say is i was all in on shay um and i'm still for the most part all in on shay um, during the regular season i thought he looked really really good um he was behind guys offensively in terms of Schroeder and paul um, but then the playoffs i, I mean he was just coasting through games he was non-existent there for long stretches he just looked overwhelmed and extremely phased by the moment of the playoffs and that yeah that was a bit of concern for me um but he's still super young he's only 22 years old um he's a, he's entering what his third season in the NBA um, and with the moves they made getting rid of pretty much all of their notable players, including Nerland's Noel. I mean, Nerland's Noel was a solid player for them last year. Yeah. Um, they lost a ton of guys. And I mean, they added Al Horford, they added George Hill, they added Trevor Ariza. Those guys are solid players would not surprise me if they get traded at some point during the season as well, though. Um, and they're basically just giving the reins to Shea and seeing what they got here. And I think they got a really good player. Um, I think he could be an all-star just because, as you mentioned, I mean, it looks, reminds me of something like last year with Zach Levine, how someone had to score the ball for the Bulls and Zach Levine was getting some all-star buzz, almost made the team. I can see the same thing happening with SGA this year is, um, as you said, someone's got to score and I think he's going to put up some monster stats. I think he's got the talent. Um, and I think this yeah. is a, to answer the, the number two key to watch, I think, yes, he is a franchise cornerstone. Um, and you do bring up a good point as we were all saying the same thing about the thunder at this time last year. Well, this time last year, the season was already started, but before heading into last season, <laughs> heading into last season, uh, we all thought the thunder were going to be the, one of the worst teams in the league. And then they were actually one of the best teams in the league. Um, so that could happen again. Um, Cause Al Horford's not an awful player. George Hill's an awful, isn't an awful player. Um, however, I think it is way more likely because they got rid of everybody else, including Chris Paul, um, that they are a bad team. Um, and I think that'll give Shea plenty of time to make mistakes. He's going to have all the reins, and it's going to really help them out um, for this year as well as next year when, as I said, I anticipate them being a brutal team. Um, so they'll get a high pick, and then they can build around Shea as well as their other guys. So, um, yeah, and the last thing we have is this is mainly because there it wasn't a whole lot more to talk about. Is just how many more picks can Presti acquire? Um, I think they they – I mean, I think Al Horford – um, is a solid player in the right system. He was really good for Boston. Philadelphia just wasn't a good fit for him. I think a team would want his leadership, his veteran presence, yeah. that he gets the picks for him. Um, same thing with George Hill. was really good for the Bucks last year um, in the playoffs. Is a really solid sixth man type of guy. They could get something for him. Same with same thing with Trevor Ariza. And then they just got a ton of young guys um, just taking some flyers. We didn't even mention uh, Lugens Dort, one of the uh, oh, yeah. Cinderella stories of the bubble last year. I think he's a solid player. Um, they got Ty Jerome. He was good in college. Justin Jackson, good in college. Um, Hamadou Diallo. They got these other young guys. They'll probably get a lot of run, and they can see Pokashevsky, the rookie. They can see what they have there. But um, in terms of how many more picks they can acquire, I think Presti can get at least three more with Ariza, Horford, and Hill. Um, I think those three guys, they could get some solid return um, around the trade deadline, assuming all goes according to plan here in the Thunder are a bad team. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously – Clearly, he proved that he can get a ton of picks because he's yeah. going to continue to do so. I mean, 
I'm not I'm not saying Ariza, Horford, and George Hill are getting them top five picks, but they definitely could get them second rounders, maybe maybe even a late first, potentially if one of them plays well this year. But I think it could definitely, I mean, that's all they really need to do now is just get more picks, continue to base. I mean, it's kind of a tank, but kind of just a natural rebuild almost, just because they weren't really, they were okay last year. They weren't super competitive. They weren't like a, a team that could really compete with the elite teams in the league. Yeah, it was probably time for a rebuild, and, and and like we were addressing with number two, Shea is a perfect guy to build around. He's a super young player, ton of talent, and really score the ball. Great playmaker as well. A guy you can build around for the future, and and that's what I think the Thunder are going to be about this year. Yeah, and it really benefits Pressy and this team is that they're one of the like I said, they're one of only three teams that are really trying to be bad. It seems like. Um, and it, next year is going to be a really good draft. I mean, everything I've heard, I, I haven't done a done bunch of draft research yet, but everything I've heard says that there are seven legit guys that probably would have went number one overall in this year's draft. So the fact that Thunder are most likely going to get a top three, top five at worst pick um, is really great for their future outlook. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think you said it great there at the top. Is that this is a team that's not going to be great, but they're going to be entertaining, um, especially with a guy like Shea, Shea Gildas Alexander um, leading the group. But Move on to our next team here in the Utah Jazz. Um, so they blew a 3-1 lead uh, to the Denver Nuggets last year in the playoffs. I'm in the regular season. They finished sixth in the West at 44 and 28. So a pretty solid year all in all. Um, there was, of course, the controversy surrounding Rudy Gobert, um, who was not uh, careful in regards to COVID-19 protocols um, and then was either rightfully or, or wrongfully um, accused as b being the guy that shut down the sports world. So you believe that. Okay. If you don't believe that um, that's your choice, but um, he wasn't, he returned to the bubble. Seemed like he had a new attitude. There were some concerns whether Mitchell or Gobert like each other. Um, but then Gobert just signed his massive extension last or yesterday or two days ago to stay in Utah long-term. Uh, so it seems like they were able to mend it and they did look really good in the bubble. And then they just fell apart there um, in games five, six and seven, blowing the lead to the Nuggets. Um, and having another first round exit. So um, this is a team that's kind of in limbo a little bit, um, and they didn't really do a whole lot in terms of free agency in the draft. They added Derek Favors. They brought him back um, after a year in New Orleans, and then they drafted Yudoku, Yudoka Azubuki, Azubuiki, hopefully I said that right. And then they lost uh, Tony Bradley, Ed Davis, and Emmanuel Moutier. So just some bench guys, not terrible players, but not great players either. Um, but the three keys to watch right there at the top, how will the lack of moves affect Utah? How, what do you think, Chris? I mean, obviously it's definitely uh, – Kind of like the Pacers. Maybe this is a better team than the Pacers for sure. I mean, any team in the West that's in the playoffs is going to be better than the Pacers. It's not that great of a team compared to, compared to the West. But, uh, you know, I think the lack of moves is definitely going to affect them because there is plenty of teams, and we're going to talk about a couple even in this division that I'm more excited about than the uh, Utah Jets. I think this will still be a playoff team, which, I mean, I'm kind of getting a number three. But, but I really do think the lack of moves they made, there's not really any big impact players they brought. I mean, Derek Favors, what, he's going to step into a depth role on the bench as as a as a four or five combo guy and as a bouquet I, I do like him a decent amount as a rookie but he's not not someone that's going to be a huge difference maker for them year one i think he's more of a project player i mean obviously donovan mitchell big it's a big deal having a guy like him and having mike conley i mean he was banged up for most of the year i know he played some in the bubble but i mean he he was getting better and better he actually did look pretty good i thought i thought he had definitely had a few games where he was just kind of splashing from three, and they, they needed a guy like that for sure. Having him back and having uh, Bojan Bogdanovic come back as well because he was uh, also yeah. 
not in the bubble. Uh, I think that's going to be good for them. I mean, Bogdanovich, another guy that can kind of take some pressure off Donovan Mitchell and can, can score the ball at about 20 points per game clip. Him and Conley is Conley will give you 15 as well. So I mean, those two compared with are paired with Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and uh, Gobert. I mean, it's it's a very solid starting lineup. But I am a little bit worried about their depth. I don't think they have a lot of talent. I know they have Jordan Clarkson, a guy that can fill up on the bench, but I mean, a guy like Moutier, guys like Ed Davis, Tony Bradley, guys that were coming off the bench, it's going to be interesting to see who can who can replace them. And I really just don't know if they have this, the full star power to really be a competitor this year. I think they will make the playoffs. I do think that there's definitely a chance that they don't, though, and, and that's that's yeah. concerning for them and a team that definitely is looking to compete right, right now with the core that they have currently. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're in terms of their bench, um, it's not great. It's not like the worst in the league. I mean, they got guys like Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, um, Jorgis Nyang is is not a terrible player. Royce O'Neal isn't awful. Um, but is again, it's not great. And some of those guys will probably find their way in the starting lineup um often most nights as well. Um, I think the big additions for them will be um the two additions they made last year in Bogdanovich and Conley is Bogdanovich. Um, actually had a pretty good year last year in the regular season, but then got hurt and wasn't able to play in the bubble. But then with Mike Conley, he just did not look like him like himself for the entire season last year. Um, but I agree. I thought he looked a little bit better in the bubble. It seemed like he was finding his groove a little bit. Um, if they can get even, I mean, Mike Conley would have been an all-star if he was in the Eastern conference. That's how good of a player he was. If they can get even 85 to 90% of that guy, plus a healthy Bogdanovich, um, I think this could be a really nice team. Um, top five team in the West easily. Um, however, if Conley continues to struggle, if Bogdanovich gets hurt again, if, if Clarkson's – he was really solid off the bench last year, if that was more of an aberration and he's not he's not as good this year off the bench, um, that's definitely concerning because then you just have a team with Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. I know everyone loves Joe Ingles. I'm not a huge Joe Ingles guy. Um, but that – I mean, you just have Mitchell and Rogue Gobert, not a lot going there, and I, I definitely could see a world where they don't make the playoffs. But – um, I have liked what I've seen from Bogdanovich and Conley, and I tend to side with you on the argument in saying that they're most likely going to make the playoffs um, and, and even be a top six team in the West and not even have to worry about the, the play-in tournament um, as the seventh or eighth seed. But um, I kind of teased it there with um, talking about Donovan Mitchell. Um, do you think he can reach another level? Because if he can reach another level, then I think um, – even if Conley or Bogdanovich, even one of those guys or both of those guys, even if they struggle, um, I think if Mitchell can become a true super duper star, it won't even matter. The Jazz will still be a good team. But what do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell absolutely can take another another step in his game. I mean, offensively, you could even see in the bubble he was absolutely unstoppable, and it could have been a little bit of a product of not having guys like Bogdanovich there and having Conley coming back from the injury as well. Definitely could be that, but he really just looked dominant in the playoffs. I think that three one lead. Blowing that was more of a product of Jamal Murray just being better than everyone else on the floor than really them actually choking. I mean, Murray was just absolutely dynamic in pretty much every game in that series, absolutely carried them in multiple games. Donovan Mitchell was just there balling out the entire series. Definitely not on him. That's why they lost because he was incredible. He gave everything he had. But uh, I do think he can take another level. He plays, like you said, even – even 90% of what he was in the bubble, I think, is is honestly another level for him because that bubble was – he was – I mean, he looked like a top-five player in the league in the bubble, man. He was awesome. But uh, it was a short stay. Could have just been a mirage a few games where he got hot. I'm very excited. I do like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I think he's one of, one of the uh, better – I don't think he's overrated. Some people do think he's overrated, but I think he's really taking 
stri- minor strides every whether they're minor strides every year or major strides and he's taking getting better as each year goes by i think he, he improves a little parts of his game offensively he's been more efficient the last couple of years not taking as many bad shots he's a decent defender as well i i think he's a very good player and he's definitely a star right now and can reach the superstar level in my opinion i think he's got the talent to do it i agree i i could see mitchell being a guy like damian lillard um, who I know you're a big Lillard guy, um, but he's not. I, I wouldn't put him on the level of like a Luca or a Giannis or a LeBron, but he's still one of the top 10 players in the league. And I could see Mitchell being in that conversation. Um, he's really just going to improve a little bit defensively. He's not terrible defensively, yeah. but he's got to improve a little bit there on that end of the floor. Um, but I agree with you. Offensively, he looked really, really good in the bubble. And I think there is another level he can reach. Um, I mean, it seems like he's been in the league for longer than he really has. I think this is entering his, I believe, his fourth season in the league. Um, and I think, uh, I think, I don't think he will let the Jazz, even with the lack of moves that they've made, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be a super entertaining team to watch. I don't think he'll let them miss the playoffs. I think he's got a lot of dog in him, um, and he's a, he's a really good alpha dog kind of kind of player and will help them make the playoffs. But we already really talked about the final key is Utah in danger of missing the playoffs in the loaded West. Um, it seems like we're both in agreement that, yeah, it's possible. You can see a world where this happens, but um, they're definitely not going to be the most entertaining team to watch. I think there's going to be several teams who are um, maybe worse than them record-wise that are way more entertaining to watch. But Utah, with Gobert, they're going to have a really good defense. Not Like I said, not going to be a great team to watch, but they're going to get they're going to grind out some victories. Um, I, I think – I put it at like a 70%, 70-30, 70, 70% chance they're a top six team in the West, make the playoffs, 30% chance they, they either miss the playoffs completely, which I would be shocked by, um, or maybe losing the play-in tournament um, as a seven or eight seed. But um, do you agree with that, or what do you think? Yeah, I think it's more likely that they do end up making the playoffs, like I said earlier. But I think there's a – obviously, like we said, a chance they end up not getting in because, you know, the West – even more improved this year. I mean, it just continues to get more lopsided and more lopsided every year. The West is just absolutely loaded. But I really do think it's it's a lot more likely for them to actually make the playoffs. I think, like you said, Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be really hard. I mean, he I think he would almost have to go down with an injury or something or yeah. another star player in there, like a guy like Gobert, a guy like Bogdanovich again. I think one of them would have to go down for sure for them to absolutely miss the playoffs. And even then, they still might make it as long as it isn't Donovan Mitchell. But um, – I think, like we said, I don't think they're a. I really don't think they're a legit contender this year. I think they're going to be a player. Probably their ceiling is probably winning one playoff series, and even that might be generous because they're probably going to be taking on a team like the Nuggets, a team like the Clippers or the Lakers, maybe even if they aren't as good as we think. Uh, I think it's going to be. I don't really know what the Jazz should do now. I really don't. It's tough because I, I, they have a good core. They have a good core, a good gu- a group of guys to build around. But I don't know if it's enough. I really don't. It, unfortunately, if they were in the East, this would probably be a top four, top five C. But it's just, it's not the same in the West, man. Yeah, I mean, they have a star in Mitchell. They have one of, if not the best defensive center in the league in Gobert. I know a lot of people give him crap because he's not as great offensively, but he is so good defensively, um, such a great rebounder. And offensively, he's a really nice lob threat, um, really good at getting offensive rebounds, putting him back up, really good um, um, interior offensively. Obviously, he doesn't have the great perimeter game, but they got two really good guys there, and then they have a bunch of other guys that if they pan out, if a Conley or Bogdanovich is good, Jazz will be good. If not – um, they, they might, like you said, they might have to really look at, look at themselves in the mirror here and say, what, where do we go? From, where do we go from here? We got two, start, we got two really nice pieces. Um, but what can we do to put, build around them? But, um, yeah, so 
they're not they're not going to be a super entertaining team because of the style of play, but it'll be interesting to see um, if they're good this year and if they're not good this year, where they go from there. So um, yep. still some still some intriguing storylines with the Jazz. But move on now to your second favorite team, the Portland Trail Blazers. So it's only right if you introduce uh, the Blazers to the audience. Oh yeah, baby. I mean, Portland Trail Blazers uh, last year. I mean, was not was not their best year. I mean, obviously Damian Lillard was awesome like he always is he's i mean he's one of the better players in the league one of my favorite is my favorite player and honestly my favorite athlete in general i think he's just incredible and he's, he's really fun to watch but uh a team that uh, unfortunately finished under the 500 mark last year really they really weren't that good last season at 35 and 39 but they were able to sneak in they caught fire in the play-in tournament and that's why they were able to sneak into the 18 actually made it interesting against the lakers for a little while dame went down with a couple he had a couple injuries throughout the series don't really think it would have mattered that much. I think it was just game one. It was it was awesome to see them take down the Lakers because I don't like the Lakers either. But uh, you know, after that, it was just obviously it was just too much having going up against a guy like LeBron, a guy like AD. But um, a team that I think is actually really interesting this year. I think they actually have a chance to be good. Could be a little bit of a homerage because I I do like them. But I actually think they have a chance to be legitimately pretty good this year and and potentially even better than the Jazz, in my opinion. It could be a bold take, but I, I really – I mean, they have the best player on the two teams, and they really added a lot this offseason. Robert Covington, big move. I think that's actually a really nice move. This is a team that really just doesn't have any defense. Couldn't play defense last year. A team that can score at will, but really struggle defensively. And I think Covington's really going to help out with that. Adding uh, – bringing back Ennis Cantor. He was back – he was on the team a couple years ago. Good depth piece for sure for them. And then Derek Jones Jr. and Harry Giles, a couple guys that are still on the younger side, could make an impact this year, but we'll have to see about that. And they really, I really don't think they lost a whole lot. I mean, Trevor Ariza was just kind of whatever for them. Uh, Whiteside, obviously, he made an impact, but they have Nurkic back now. I don't think they really need him anymore. And then Mario Hazonia, Caleb Swanigan, just a couple young guys that just aren't really big time impact players. But yeah, like, like we have on our first key to watch here, several players returning from injury. Yeah, I mean, you have Damian for front. I mean, he got hurt right in the bubble. He's going to be 100% going into this year, at least as of what I've heard. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be just as good as he was last year. He's an, an absolute grip. I mean, you could see him in the bubble. He was he had to carry them for them to win games. And, I mean, I think the recipe's pretty similar. I mean, if, if Dame's good, they're going to be good. If he's not, it's it probably won't go that well. But I think uh, uh, pretty similar for them. But – Bring, having Nurkic come back as well, having guys like uh, – I mean, they also have Rodney Hood coming back from injury. I think that's a key piece as well coming off the bench, a guy that can really fill it up from three. Kind of a similar to a Jordan Clarkson-type player, a guy that for the Jazz can fill it up at any time, can, can kind of replace the starters. But uh, I really do think this team can actually be legitimately good. I don't know how you feel about that. I'll, I'll get your opinion now because I didn't stop being a homer for a second. But what do you think about the Trailblazers? What are they really this season? No, I agree. I think they, they're probably, I, if I had to pick right now, they, I'd probably say they're my four or five seed in the West. Yeah. And I think I have a lot more confidence in them than I do a team like Utah. I think their ceiling is much higher um, because they have Damian Lillard, they have CJ McCollum, but then they got, as you, as you already mentioned, they got tons of guys come back from injuries. Zach Collins, uh, Yusuf yep. Nurkic, most notably Rodney Hood. I mean, Rodney Hood was really good for them two years ago. I think a lot of people forgot mm -hmm. about that because he was hurt. Um, but then on top of that, they got um, Anthony Simons, not a terrible player. Gary Trent Jr. is really good, I think. 
uh, Carmelo Anthony brings some veteran leadership to them. Um, and still, I know he's old. He's 36 years old already, um, but he's still a solid player. Robert Covington, I think he's a really nice player. Was really good there for the Rockets. Um, I saw some people saying he might have been better than James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the bubble. I wouldn't go that far, but I thought he looked really, really good. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I think um, I think he's a really nice addition for them. Uh, Nasir Little, I mean, they, Ennis Cantor too. He was really good for Portland a couple years ago. We, they brought him back. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. was solid last year for the Heat. They've got a lot of solid players. They have a really superstar level guy in Damian Lillard, one of the top ten players in the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think you're being a homer. I've heard a lot of people in the national media talk about look out for these Blazers. If they, I mean, if they can stay healthy, I mean, that's a big if, right? They have a lot of guys yeah. who are injury prone. They can stay healthy. I think this is no doubt about it, a top five team in the West. Um, it could maybe even, I mean, they made it to the Western Conference Finals two years ago. Um, I could see that happening again this year um, if, if things bounce right for them. But the, there's, def there's definitely the upside there for sure. I mean, yeah, and this team, I mean, the West maybe has improved a little bit even since their run to the Conference Finals. But I also yeah. think they've improved since then. I mean, adding a guy like Covington, I mean, he's a, a great 3 and D player, can shoot the three ball well, and is easily becomes – comes in and is their best defender. It's not even close. This team still will probably struggle a little bit defensively, but even adding a guy like, I mean, Covington is one of the, I would say one of the better wing defenders in the league. He's a yeah. solid scrappy defender and a guy that they absolutely needed some, I mean, I think trading a first rounder, I mean, it's a lot to give up. It's, a, but I think it is uh, definitely worth it for a guy like Covington when they really need a guy that can, can get some stops on defense. I mean, and then, and then, like I like I was saying, they definitely improved since then because even even Lillard has gotten even better since that run. I mean, the, the guy has been absolutely carrying them. I mean, he had a carry that went thirty five and thirty nine last year. And he was, I mean, he was the reason they won probably twenty seven of those games, and including the one playoff game as well. I mean, he's just absolutely dynamic. And then having Nurkic, I thought he showed flashes last year for sure when he came back, but it took some. It's, it definitely took some time. You could tell he was rusty. Uh, defensively a little bit slow, uh, was good offensively, but showed showed some uh, inconsistencies as well. I mean, this is a team that I followed, so I, I mean, I have a little more insight on this watching him play. There was, there was times where he really looked like the old Nurkic, times that he didn't. But I think this year, a year off the injury, I think he's going to be back to full health. I think this it's going to be perfect to pair him with, with McCollum and Lillard. It's basically the same core. Just I think they got a little bit better. And like we were saying, Rodney Hood, is going to be an impact player. I think that's really a big addition. I think even bringing back Mello for another affordable contract off the bench, I mean, he could fill it up as well. I think this bench, this whole team is going to be able to score the ball. It's just a, whether or not they can play defense. Yeah, I don't have a lot, a lot to add there um, because I think uh, as long as they stay healthy and prove a little bit defensively, I think they could be a top five team in the West. Um, however, to propel themselves into the true contention uh, with the Lakers, uh, do you think they're going to make another move? Because I think I could definitely see a world where they'd get off a guy like CJ McCollum. Uh, if they get off to a little slower start, if he gets off to a slower of a start, um, and they're like, you know what, we just got to shake things up here. It's this, this CJ Dame combo isn't working. Maybe they trade CJ. I've seen Zach Collins' name float around in some rumors. CJ Collins, a couple picks. Maybe they go after a guy. Maybe a James Harden. Who knows? Maybe um, a guy like Victor Oladipo, like we talked about in earlier episodes. Um, but what do you think? Do you think they need to make a move, or do you think this team, as long as they stay healthy as it's currently constructed, could maybe make a run at the finals? Yeah, I think they're they're a dark horse potential finals contender, or at least conference finals contender. I think as of right now. I mean, I mean, yeah, if they make another move, it could definitely shake things up. I, I do like you bringing up. 
I mean, if they can get him without giving up McCollum, because I don't think that would be – I think I'd rather keep McCollum. But getting a guy like Victor Oladipo would be an interesting move for this team for sure. Yeah. Another player that they, they need defense. So, I mean, that would be a, a really interesting piece to get alongside Dame. I mean, even if they do have to get McCollum, maybe they get another a pick or something as well in return. I think that's a pretty good deal for them. Uh, getting Harden, I mean, that's probably more of a pipe dream. I haven't really seen them getting rumored in that. But, I mean, it's, it's possible, I guess, they give up McCollum. Collins, maybe some picks as well. I think it could be a possibility. But, uh, I mean, for what they are and what we think they're, I think they're – I really do – their floor is pretty high this year as long as they don't have injuries. I mean, you could say that about any team. I mean, if LeBron goes down with an injury, I don't think the Lakers have a very high floor either. It's the same thing with Dame. If Dame goes out, this team isn't going to be very good. But uh, barring any major injuries, I think this team can legitimately compete – for a four or five seed, and and I mean getting there in the play, I mean they can easily beat those teams around. I mean if the Jazz are the five seed, I think they're they're the better team of those two. If they get if they get a first round match against them, they can definitely win and then upset some good teams going and and getting to the conference finals. Maybe even making an NBA final run. Just depends. That would depend on how hot Dame is at the time, and you know he goes on those two week stretches where he's the best player in the NBA. I would I would even argue. And, I mean, if he has one of those in the playoffs, I, I, this team could legitimately win multiple series and get all the way to the finals. Yeah, and, and they were they were the eighth seed last year, as you said. Um, but looking at some of the teams that were above them and the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Jazz, I think they got better than all three of those teams um, in the yeah. offseason. So as long as they stay healthy, I think they could easily propel themselves into a four or five seed um, and most likely win a playoff series and maybe even win two playoff series or at least put um, a heck of a fight against a Clippers or a Nuggets or a Lakers in the second round. But um, this is a team much like the, the Sixers or the Nets, like we talked about in previous episodes where, or even the Pistons for that matter, where I wasn't super high on them at first. And then once I started to do some more research, learn more about what they did. Yeah. Um, I like this team more and more. Um, I'm not going to be a diehard Blazers fan like you. I'm not hopping on the bandwagon, um, but I've always loved Robert Covington. I think he's a really nice addition, a great, great fit for this team. Exactly what they yeah. needed and will really help them hopefully do really well this year. But yeah, definitely interesting team to watch for sure. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch them this year. I mean, you know, you know, I'll be tuning into most of their games. Um, so the final team is producer John's favorite team in the well, second favorite team in the NBA behind the Detroit Pistons, and it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. So this is a team last year. Um, they were one of the few Western Conference teams to not make the trip to the bubble. Um, that was it was them and the Golden State Warriors. Um, the Wolves finished 14th in the West at 19 and 45. I believe they had a they had two. 10 plus losing streaks in the season. I think Carl Anthony Towns only won like one. He was only on the court for one win in like December and January and maybe in February. It's some ridiculous stat like that. So this was a team that was not good last year. They showed some flashes, but they weren't good. Uh, but they did do a whole lot in terms of offseason moves. Uh, most notably, they because they were so bad last year, they were able to get the first overall pick in the draft and take Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. There are some definite concerns because he did sort of straight up say he doesn't like watching basketball. So that might be a bit of a concern with the number one overall pick, but definitely has some potential there. They also brought back Ricky Rubio. They got Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Ed Davis. Uh, they didn't really lose a whole lot, uh, just some bench pieces and James Johnson, Omari Spellman, and Evan. First and foremost, we have to start off with the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. Um, it seems like some people are really high on this kid, that they think he can be really, really good. And other people think that it, it's a really big concern with his commitment level, 
Um, and if he's really, if he was just more so the number one overall pick because he was a system fit and because it was, it was a weaker draft class for sure. Um, so Chris, I'll let you start this one off. What are your expectations for Anthony Edwards? Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I mean, was really good in college at Georgia. I mean, this guy could fill it up from anywhere. It's just going to be the concern with him is like you said, a lack of interest in the, in the actual sport. He, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if he's good at it, it doesn't, I don't know if it really matters, but maybe he might not have the desire to be, you know, have the ceiling of other players, you know, but uh, I think Edwards uh, definitely has the potential of being a really good player. I mean, he's obviously an, an excellent scorer. I think he's going to come and make an impact right away in the scoring department, but it might defense has been a slight issue for him throughout his college career. It's, it's more of an effort thing than an actual talent thing. And that's pretty much what, what defense is anyway, is just an effort thing. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can pick up his intensity on that side of the ball as well. I saw a couple highlights of him in the preseason making really nice defensive plays, though, shutting down good good star NBA players on defense. So, I mean, if he's willing to put in the effort, I think he can absolutely be a good defender as well. I mean, I know everyone's already labeling him as a boss before the season. I don't want to go that far. I'll give him a couple years to really make a name for himself. I think this was a riskier pick, but this was a draft without really a clear number one overall pick. I know you can, you can make an argument for LaMelo Ball, but they already have a point guard in D'Angelo Russell, which I'll get into him after this. And Drew kind of already knows my opinion on him as well. But uh, I, I do think Anthony Edwards has a high ceiling, but also I would say a lower floor than most uh, number one overall picks. But we'll have to see. What do you think about Edwards? I 100% agree with you, Chris. Um, he could be really good. He also could be really, really bad. Um, he has mm -hmm. kind of a very similar Anthony Bennett-like um, ceiling ceiling and floor where Bennett could have been really good in a different world. Um, but he also was just number one overall pick, and, it, and at least at the time, was a very weak draft without a consensus number one guy. Yeah. So um, it could be very similar for Anthony Edwards. Not a great draft. Um, I think, in, as many experts said, in any other draft, he'd probably be more of a number seven, number eight overall pick. Um, but just that's just how the cards fell for him. But um, he has a great story. Um, a lot of I think a lot of his family members passed away tragically. Um, so maybe that was part of the reason why. Um, basket. He seemed like he's much more into much much bigger football guy um, than basketball. But maybe. Um, he has a great story, and I wish him the best. I really hope he's a good player, um, but he has some definite room for improvement there for sure. Um, however, if he does end up being really, really good, um, he does slide in very nicely with this team and their core of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Um, so I know, Chris, you teased it there, your feelings on D'Angelo Russell. So I will just give you the floor here and say, what do you think about Russell as well as Towns, and can this duo actually win together? For me, Towns is, is a very good player. I think it's been more of a product of the Minnesota Timberwolves roster than him. Any problems with him in terms of talent? I think Towns is one of the better big men's in the league. Big men's what? Uh, big men in the league. But uh, definitely in my top three for big men. I think he's better than Joel Embiid. I think my big three would be him, Bam, and Jokic. And then you can, I mean, I, I said Bam was my top center, but you can absolutely make an argument for any of those three. I think they're all very good. Towns. Might be the best offensively of the three of them. I mean, this dude can can fill it up from anywhere. He's a great shooter, really good back to the basket, great post moves, good finisher around the rim. His defense could use some work, but he's he's not a horrible. I don't think he's a horrible post defender. He's not, he's all right. He could use some work. He's a really good rebounder both on both sides of the floor as well. I do really like Carl Anthony Towns. I think in the right situation, he can. But I my question is: Is this the right situation? And and I really do question it because D'Angelo Russell this. This team paid the bag pretty much for D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, gave away Andrew Wiggins, which uh, in his own right was a bust and a pick, got D'Angelo Russell, 
I really just don't. I, I just I think he's overrated. I mean, he was my number one on the overrated list when we did the uh, NBA. It was before the summer, before the bubble and everything. But I really just still believe he is the most overrated player in the NBA. I think his, what his impact on the floor is really just. I mean, it, it's overshadowed. He's not a superstar. He's not even anything close. He's not even a star, in my opinion. He's just he's just a an I, I would say an average starting point guard. Even I mean, this dude can fill it up. But he's super inefficient. He he really reminds me of of Devontae Graham, but with a lot more hype. I mean, he's he's inefficient. He can score, but he's really inefficient. He's a good mid range jump shooter. He's not a great playmaker. He's he doesn't do anything in transition. Which I mean, I really like point guards that push the tempo of the floor as well. And he's not a guy that does it ever. He's I mean, he's a decent three point shooter, not not insane, and he's a horribly inefficient defender as well. A guy that can, really can't stay in front of anybody on the perimeter. It's just, I mean, just a guy that I don't really like. I mean, there's some some qualities of him that are fun to watch, but his all-around game is really overrated in my opinion. And I think that is the pitfall of this team. I don't think this team is making the playoffs this year. I really don't think they're going to be even that much more competitive. I don't think they got a whole lot better this year, but we'll have to see, I guess. I'm That's just my opinion. I don't think this team can live up to any hype that is around them. I'm a little bit higher on them um, and Russell to a lesser extent. I mean, I think Towns is really, really good. Um, he did sign that massive extension um, just a few seasons ago, and they're going to need to start winning or at least competing for playoff spots here, especially now with the play-in tournament, um, if they don't want to lose him. Because, I mean, first and foremost, he's going through a lot of off-the-court stuff. I think he lost, what, seven or eight family members to COVID-19, including his yeah. mom. So um, if he doesn't have a great season this year, I mean, that's more than understanding. He's going through a lot of stuff. But outside of Towns uh, with D'Angelo Russell, um, I, I, he's, he was an all-star just a couple years ago and yeah, it was the East, but he was a pretty good player there. And I do think, I mean, he can score the, the lights out of the ball. Um, he just needs to improve a little bit defensively and improve his playmaking skills a little bit, but even in playmaking, I think he's a decent playmaker as well. So, um, I ultimately think that Towns and Russell can win together. Um, and I think they just need a little more help in a guy like an Anthony Edwards or also a Malik Beasley, who I know he got to some trouble with the law here in the offseason. Yeah. Um, but if he can come back, be motivated, he was a really solid player for them after they traded him, traded for him from the Denver Nuggets. He was really good. They also got guys like Jared Culver, who had a brutal rookie season. Maybe he's lives up to the hype he had. Um, Josh Okoji is a pretty decent player. Ricky Rubio, I think, could be the perfect point guard for this team to be alongside D'Angelo Russell and then have Russell slide into more of a shooting guard type of role, which I think fits his school set, skill set, not his school set, his skill set a little bit better um, than being a true point guard. Um, and then, I mean, that's a solid starting lineup. And I think, as we said throughout this episode, the West is, is loaded. Um, but I think the Wolves, um, as long, I mean, Towns had some injury issues last, or last season. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think this could be a team that sneaks that finds their way um, into the seven, eight, nine, ten spot and have a spot in the play-in tournament. So, um, in terms of if they can live up to the hype, um, I'm not sure about that because the hype around them, if you remember, with Andrew Wiggins and Towns, was so ginormous there for a while. Um, it, it's hard to see if they'll ever be able to live up to that, especially now that Wiggins is even on the team anymore. Um, and I don't think their hype was to get the seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth seed. Uh, however, um, I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and I definitely think I'm a little more higher on this team than you are. Yeah, you definitely are a little bit higher than me. I'm really worried about the uh, lack of depth with this team. I know, they, like you said, they have Ricky Rubio leading the second unit. Uh, other than that, they really don't have a lot of depth. Uh, 
Blake Beasley, yeah, he's a decent player, but I really think he's more of a rotational guy than anything. I mean, he's going to be in there starting lineup. He's a, he's a fine player. I'm not trashing the guy, but he's – I mean, like you said, he's got run-ins off the court as well. Who knows if he's going to be out there for the whole season. We'll have to see about that. But, uh, I mean, Josh Kogi's all right. But other than that, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, I mean, this is – I really just don't think their bench is that good. I expect this team to maybe compete for one of those last play-in spots. But other than that, I'm really – I'm just not that high on them. I think this is um, in a, in a West, a lot of uh, turmoil, transitions for teams, players. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where they slot in, and I don't think it'll be very high personally. Unless Anthony Edwards is some superstar, if D loading and Cat really mesh, we haven't seen a whole lot of them together yet. Then maybe some, maybe they could sneak into the HC, but I don't see it. And actually, um, I was going to say, oh, they have Rondi Hollis Jefferson too, and he's on the screen there. But they actually released him here before the regular before the regular season, so he's not even on the team anymore either. And he's a solid player; he was solid in the Raptors last yeah. year. And I was going to say, oh, they got they got him though; he's a decent bench piece. They don't even have him anymore. So um, I like Ed Davis um, as well. I think he's a solid bench player. I don't know. I mean, am I? You have it seems like you have very low expectations. I don't have like high expectations for this team, um, but I, I can see them being better than some of the teams in the West. If a few things fall their way, if Anthony Edwards proves to be the real deal, if Towns and Rubio too, to a lesser extent, who's also had some injury issues, if they they can both stay healthy, even D'Angelo Russell too, he, he has some injury issues as well. If he can stay healthy, if they mesh well, I like their starting lineup, and I think that'll that'll be enough um, to get them into the play-in tournament. Um, however, there is definitely a very real possibility that they fall on their face, um, as you seem to um, at least think a little bit more more than I do that that'll probably yeah. that'll probably happen. But um, yeah. Yeah, do you have anything else to add about the Timberwolves or any other team we talked about? No, I mean, this is, a, like you said, I mean, a, a division that I do like. Uh, a lot of these teams are very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this shapes out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if like even the Thunder or the Timberwolves, I mean, even if there aren't great teams, um, I think they, they still have a lot of intriguing pieces that will be worth watching, um, absolutely. But um, that's it for this episode. Um, we, once again, we're the zone defense podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Spotify and Twitter at zone defense pod and search us on Apple podcast. Um, we've done the, we did the whole Eastern conference before. So check out those first three parts and we'll do the other two Western conference divisions here very soon for parts five and part six. We also have a ton of NFL content out there at the playoffs right around the corner. So we will be doing a lot of different playoff coverage as well. So be sure to check all that stuff out. Um, and smash that like button and also drop a comment down below. Let us know your thoughts um, and give us your own predictions, whether you, what you think we, we were right about, what you think we were wrong about. Uh, we love reading through all of those. But thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Peace.